new CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and this is a little bit different. For starters, it's the latest podcast that we've ever recorded. I was going to do one tomorrow morning, but my wife said, no, you need to respect Arizona women's basketball. I said it wasn't about this, but if you're married, you understand that your wife wins the majority of the arguments, or at least you you, uh, pretend like she does. But here we are, and what a moment. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting, just from the reporter perspective moment, it, it's an interesting moment because if you go on the front page of Wildcat Authority right now, we have five or six articles about women's basketball. Um, and <laughs> I, this is going to sound bad, but I'm not sure we had, well, no, we did. We had more than six articles about women's basketball throughout the entire year, but uh, you get the point. I mean, there isn't a website on the network right now that has as many articles about women's basketball as we do, and rightfully so. We're going to have a lot more in the next few days before Friday. Arizona is set to face UConn, which uh, we'll get to in a bit. But um, something just, it's remarkable uh, what Adia Barnes has done because, you know, Arizona basketball was in a bad place. I mean, we're talking six-win seasons um, not much talent at all, uh, unwatchable games, and she comes, and it took her five years to uh, to make a Final Four. And it is pretty impressive what she has been able to do and just the overall way that she has done it. Uh, you know, I, I watched UConn-Baylor um, this afternoon, and those teams are loaded. They have the most, you know, some of the most best talent in the country. But here I am watching Aria McDonald, um, and to me, she's the best player in the country. And I obviously, I'm not the type of person that's going to watch women's basketball every day of my life. But I have yet to see a better player, and I've I've watched a chunk of games in the tournament. And and the thing is, oftentimes we judge players by what they do on the biggest stages. And there's no doubt that in this tournament, she is the best player in the country. What she is doing is absolutely remarkable, and it's more remarkable when you keep in mind that every single team that faces Arizona knows that the key to beating Arizona is to contain McDonald, and yet they couldn't do it. You know, you look at the Indiana game, she scored 33 points, went 12 of 20 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, and to me, the most impressive stat, she had 11 boards. Uh, Players her size should have... (laughs) 11 rebounds. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty impressive the fact that she goes out there and she's an aggressive rebounder. She doesn't foul a lot at all. She only finished with three fouls. She only had three turnovers, plays 38 minutes. And it is just, it's going to be a while before we see a player like Ariane McDonald. And Adia Barnes is recruiting up there with anyone in women's basketball. This isn't a one-year fluke. It may take some time for 
Arizona to recover, losing a player of McDonald's stature. But the recruiting isn't going anywhere. And with that being said, it's still going to be a while until we see a player that is as good as her. She is the best female player in school history. There's been some good ones, but I don't think there's any argument that she is the best. And basically what we're seeing is, you know, you for a lot of people that watch men's basketball, there's that one player that puts a team on his back and kind of makes that run. And that's what McDonald's doing. Um, Arizona is a talented team, but it's clearly not the most talented team in the country. And it doesn't matter because McDonald is putting this team on her back. And, you know, watching the Indiana game, uh, Michael Luke and I text each other in the first two minutes almost at the same time and said Arizona is the better team. Even when it was close, I, I felt like Arizona was just the better team than Indiana. And you start to watch the game. You start to learn some stuff. And Indiana was 273rd in the nation in three-point shooting, 29%. And they don't even shoot a lot of threes. And in this day and age, with the way that the game is both in men's and women's, you have to be able to hit some threes. And the difference is Arizona went 9 of 21 from three, and Indiana went 0 for 9. And they only attempted 9 because they're not a good three-point shooting team. And it is extremely difficult um, to win games like that. Indiana doesn't turn the ball over. That's how they win games. They defend. They don't turn the ball over. They had nine turnovers. Arizona only had eight turnovers. And it wasn't just McDonald. I mean, Trinity Batiste, uh, Batiste 12 points, 10 rebounds. Um, Helen uh, Pueyo, uh, two for seven, you know, from three. But the ones that she hit were big. Uh, Kate Reese didn't play great, but had the six boards. Uh, it was just kind of a, a balanced effort. Sam Thomas, she isn't going to score a ton, but she's one of the best defenders in the country. Uh, the, the surprising thing to me was Indiana's a pretty big team, and Arizona killed them on the glass, 42-38, to 38, had 11 offensive rebounds, 12 second-chance points. Uh, Indiana didn't have any points whatsoever coming off their bench. Arizona had 11 fast-break points off Indiana's nine turnovers. Like, it was... Not one of those games where you go, oh, Arizona won by 13, but it was much closer than that. I don't think it was. I think that it was clear from the beginning that Arizona was better uh, than Indiana. I, I didn't think that Indiana, you know, by the end of the first quarter, even if it was relatively close, I didn't say, oh, man, this is this is a nail-biter, um, despite the, the cursing and the horrible language that my wife was using during the game. I never felt <laughs> like it was uh, like it was in doubt. Um, I will say that, you know, kind of touching on that, I, you know, I mentioned my wife. It is very cool being able to sit and watch a basketball game with a house filled with women. Uh, my dad came over to watch it. He's not a woman, obviously, but <laughs> it was my wife, my two daughters, daughter's friends, wife's friends. I mean, we had eight people COVID separated. Don't worry. We're all vaccinated as well. Don't yell at me. Um, but we were in the house watching the game and... Uh, I can't even get that done for men's games, let alone women's basketball. And it's it's really cool to have my daughter, who's been on this before, and is going to be really pissed off when she wakes up in the morning and realizes she didn't open up the podcast. But, um, you know, she's Kate Reese's biggest fan, as you guys know. And um, just really cool to be able to sit and, and watch the uh, the game with them and have them actually care and cheering and, and pissing off the neighbors. Um it's it's you know it's one of those things where you you reflect on it 
and you think about how well Adia Barnes has done, but you really don't realize necessarily how how well and how cool of a thing it is for Arizona until the season's over. And the fact that, you know, you have a player like McDonald, um, you know, we're not going to see, like I mentioned, a player like her for a long, long time. And um, it's a cool thing for these seniors because, you know, you take a look at men's basketball, there are literally more than a thousand players in the transfer portal right now. And there were girls on this team where um, they stuck through it. I mean, they didn't leave. And the ones that got through it and left, and now the teams are, are successful, you know, Dia Barnes, McDonald, et cetera, they keep saying, look, you know, we, we're doing it for them. Um, and it, it's something where, uh, you know, they had the double overtimes you know, the year prior, a couple years ago. They couldn't beat the good teams. And McDonald said that they kind of, she felt it last year that they were going to make a jump. And uh, Barnes was funny because, you know, she was asked about it and she said, well, if you would have asked me, we'd have been playing UConn in the Final Four. I'm not sure I would have said yes. And I think most people feel that way. Um, you know, unless you're from Tucson, your bracket probably didn't have Arizona versus UConn in your Final Four. Um, but that's just the way this team has been. I mean, it, it, if you watch this team in the Pac-12 tournament, Arizona played like crap. Like, the general consensus was they're going to lose in the first or second round and get upset because they're just not playing very well. And the men's tournament, the women's tournament... I don't want to say the best team doesn't win because it often does win, but a lot of times in March, it's the hottest team. And Arizona is one of the hottest teams. It's like Oregon State no, in the men's tournament. No one's going to say Oregon State was better than Arizona. If you are, you're kidding yourself because Arizona dropped 98, you know, ran Oregon State off the court, but they got hot at the right time. And that's what we're seeing what's happening with Arizona, except obviously Arizona is um, a higher seed. Uh, I tweeted this, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but I would be shocked if Arizona won on Friday. Um, you know, you if you watch women's basketball, you know that it's just a completely different game in terms of parity, where, you know, the Stanfords of the world, um, the, the Yukons, the Baylors, the South Carolinas, those teams are always going to be there. Like, even look at the, the, you know, you you can make the argument, you know, look at the the men. Oh, Dukes and Kentucky, but it's not every year. Every year, UConn is going to be right there. And once again, 28-1, and um, and they're just, they're they're really good. Um, There's not a lot of things that that they do poorly. And you take a look at their tournament, um, their postseason, I mean, they're, they're, Their closest game was against Baylor. They beat Iowa by 20. They beat Syracuse in the second round, 83 to 47. Uh, It is just a a very good Connecticut team. Um, Like they always are. And and so it's, you kind of take a look at them and you say, look, you know, if Arizona, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, if Arizona beats UConn on Friday night, it may be the most shocking thing um, that I've seen since I've covered Arizona athletics. Um, you know, it, and, and there's been some surprising things, you know, I could think of a few, but, uh, to me, it's that, that surprising. Like it, the, the team is just, you know, 13 consecutive final fours. Think about that. Imagine a, a men's team doing that 13 
consecutive Final Fours. Uh, it's it's just it's stupid in a way. Like it's impressive, but it's like all right, you know, thirteen. And the thing is, they just reload every year. Like their best player this year is Paige Blackers, who's you know a, a freshman, twenty eight points against Baylor. Uh, it, they, it, UConn, think about this. It's a crazy stat. UConn has made the national semifinals every year since two thousand eight and won six titles during that span. Arizona's in their first Final Four. Page was six years old when UConn started its run of consecutive appearances in the Final Four. I mean, it's just, and and they were down 10 points against Baylor. Okay, you know, Baylor's really good. Rather face Baylor than UConn. And then UConn goes and scores uh, 19 consecutive uh, points, you know. And, and uh, it's it's just, it's it's a very difficult matchup. You know they're they're big. It starts with their guards. Um, they got Paige. They got Kristen Williams. He's another one, uh, another guard who's very good. And they're going to go out and they're going to play three players forty minutes, similar to what Arizona does. And they're going to say, you know, kind of, kind of go get them. And that's it, it's not going to be easy. Uh, it's going to be extremely difficult, obviously. But it, it kind of feels like Arizona is playing with with house money, in the sense where. Nobody is expecting Arizona to win this game. And I know Adia Barnes has consistently said nobody's expecting Arizona to be there. Look, there are, some, there are a few people who aren't shocked by this. Arizona's a three seed. There is nobody that is reasonably going to say that Arizona could beat UConn. And if Arizona loses to UConn, this season has been such a success in such a unique situation that you're kind of watching the game on Friday saying, whatever. If Arizona beats them, it's amazing. If they lose, whatever. Final four, fifth year, Aaron McDonald gets to go out with the final four. Um, you know, girls like Trinity, uh, Sam Thomas, Kate Reese, etc. they get their final four, and she's building towards the future. And it's just, it, it, it's, a, it's a remarkable thing. And so, very fun. Um, I think it's cool how Tucson has been brought together by the whole thing. Um, forget the whole Sean Miller arguments. So I'm not getting into those, but um, it's just cool. And, you know, I'm not sure. I was talking to my wife. Do we riot if they win? Like, what do we do? Like, how do you approach women's basketball national title games? Like, do you go burn a couch if they win on Friday? Do you wait? Does COVID hold that up? Do you run through the street naked? Like, there's so many options, but I don't really know you know, how you approach that. So maybe you guys could give me some pointers. Hopefully it's not the last one I said running through the street. Um, that could be a little dangerous for all of us. But, um, you know, Arizona won, and when they lost, your natural reaction was to burn Tucson down. But <laughs> I don't know if with women's basketball, that's the same thing. It's very, uh, you know, it's a little confusing. We might need to talk about that. But either way, really cool situation, cool place to be in. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have women's basketball coverage throughout the week. The most women's basketball, I'm telling you right now, the most women's basketball coverage throughout the week will be on our website, not the newspapers, not the other websites. It'll be right here on wildcatauthority.com. Stay tuned. Thank you guys and bear down.
Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.